Take charge of your money with myself, Brendan Dale. Conversations on all things personal finance, from budgeting, saving, investing, insurance, financial planning, debt, life goals, and more. Visit takechargeofyourmoney.blog for more content. Welcome to Season 2, which is all about insurance, with various types of insurance you get, how they work, and why you need it. And on that, a special thanks to my sponsor for making this podcast possible. Not a fan of phone calls? With Naked, you can switch your car insurance in under 90 seconds without having to talk to anyone. Get a final quote online, and if you like the price, which you probably will, you can sign up instantly. Visit naked.insure to find out how Naked is making insurance quicker and easier than ever before. Naked, the new way to cover your stuff. Naked Financial Technology is an authorized FSP, and you can see the link in the podcast notes below. This episode is all about household and content insurance. And with me, I've got my guest, Sumari Khreber, and you are one of the co-founders of Naked. And I'm sure you have a lot of experience in the insurance industry as a whole. So let's start off with a little bit about you. Perhaps you can give us a bit of background and just introduce yourself. Thanks, Brendan. It's really nice to be here and, and that we can talk a bit about insurance. I love talking about insurance. I know that puts most people to sleep, but it is one of my passions and and it's actually um, a couple of years ago, it was quite sad that I didn't feel that I could talk about my passion because most people, as soon as I, I, I brought up the fact that I work in insurance, most people had quite violent reactions where they had some horror story to tell me. And and I got to a point in my life where I thought I had to do something else because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not living a good life by putting all my time and energy and focus into insurance per se. And it was quite funny because my husband always said it's a midlife crisis. And, and he asked me, okay, fine, you know, I want to go do something totally different that you, that you know nothing about and uh, fully understand that. But can you tell me that insurance is not needed? And I told him, no, of course insurance is needed. It's needed for societies to grow and to thrive. Otherwise, you know, if your neighbor's house burns down and if we didn't have insurance, the whole community would have to pull together to put them back into the position they were in before and everyone will be poorer for it. So it's really a needed product. Something just went wrong along the line on how the product gets delivered to the public, um, what it actually delivers once you've bought the product. And then he told me, well, then why don't you go tackle that? Come up with uh, a solution to, to that thing that you're so passionate about to make sure that it actually delivers in the way that it should. And that's where, where Naked was born uh, just over five years ago to, to actually try and, and address those issues that I see uh, as existing in the industry. So, yeah, that's a little bit of personal background. And, and as I said, I'm super passionate about what we're doing, the product we're providing that's instant, that's online, good value for money, getting the product to more people because of the fact that it's more affordable through the technology. So super excited about that. Cool, thank you. And that that kind of leads me to where I wanted to actually start with is that insurance does have a bit of a bad reputation, especially when it comes to to paying out, because that's when you find out what you did wrong. And one of one of my own experiences is I didn't understand what it meant to be underinsured. You know, I didn't realize you had to actually take into account everything in your house, even if you don't necessarily want insurance, or if you don't want to insure it, because you could have an old couch that's 20 years old that you don't actually care about. So you, you're not adding that to the value of your contents. And there, 
you know, some random things which you think, well, you know, I don't really care if that gets stolen. And I only understood that clearly when I needed to claim and then I, I got only got paid a portion of that. So maybe you can start off just clarifying how household insurance kind of works. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that is a very good question and a lot of people don't fully understand that. Firstly, I think it's important to understand that there's a different kind of insurance for your building and the things that's attached to the building. And then there's a different kind of insurance that you take for your content. But both these insurances are covering you for the same perils or the same bad things that can happen. So the big one that I just mentioned, like say your house burning down, that is that is one of the really big things that you need, why you need uh, content insurance. If your whole house burns down, you are going to have to set yourself up again with all the things you had in that house. And that means that when your insurer asks you what is your stuff worth inside of your house, they are expecting you to look at everything that's in the house. I always um, visualize it for people to say, if you were able to pick up your house, shake that house, everything that will fall out, that is what you have to take into account when you determine what it's worth, even that old couch. Um, and and the thing is, you can say, if if you go into it with that knowledge, that that's what you have to do. And you decide that, listen, if I have a fire, I can live with half of my stuff. So I actually only want to insure my contents for half of it. That's perfectly fine, as long as you fully understand what you're doing. But that then means that if you get burgled, you have decided to only insure your stuff for half of what it's worth. So say if all your content is worth um, 500,000 Rand and you decide, well, you know, I'm happy to only cover 250 of that and live with the rest, then effectively you're making that choice that even for a theft, you're insuring your contents for half of its value. So you, you're welcome to do that, but that is um, how insurance works. The expectation is that you give us the value of fully what it's worth. Um, and, but like I said, you can decide to do it for less, but the thing to bear in mind as well is content insurance is actually not that expensive. So the, the price differentiation between insuring yourself for 250 and 500 uh, in a month, the monthly premium is actually not that different because your insurance does take into account the fact that the risk of your whole, of all your stuff being lost is, is not that high. So it's actually rather be safe than sorry would be my recommendation. Insure your stuff for everything that that if you shake the house, <laughs> put a value on everything that falls out. Cool. And then that that leads me to two questions though, what you're talking about. The one is the uh, how do I actually know what everything in my house is worth? Because lots of the stuff I bought ten, fifteen years ago. So do I actually is it a you know, do I actually have to do it very thoroughly and actually price every single thing? Or is just a thumbsuck figure enough? So, so that's also an, uh, that's a very interesting one. So it depends on your personality type. So, <laughs> so if if you like me, there's no way on this good earth that you'll ever do that. Um, I I am not the kind of person. Despite being an actuary by training, it's not the kind of thing I would do. So what we normally recommend for people is to actually walk through every room and identify any very valuable items in that room. And for those things, I, I would normally get uh, a, a, a replacement price as new. 
right? So, so if you in your in your TV room and you have a, a if you have a hi-fi in there and you've got a nice flat screen TV in there, um, then I would say and you've got one nice corner couch, I would take those things and and actually think if I had to go into a store today, what would that cost me to replace this new? And then normally about 20 to 30% in addition to that would be all the other stuff that's in the room. And you can do that with each one of your rooms. And then at the end of it, you probably have missed some stuff. So then I'll, I'll, I'll normally just add uh, another 5 to 10% for stuff I might have missed. That's how I normally do it. The, the interesting thing is that's actually not such a difficult thing to do. But if you had to go and make an inventory of your whole house, that is quite a big task mm. to do. But if you think about that, in every room, there's probably about three things that you need to think, how much will this cost me to replace this new? If something happened, if the fire that you were talking about earlier, I mean, heaven forbid, hopefully that never happens. But if if I, for example, lost everything, how would the insurance company know what I actually owned when I'm putting my claim in? You know, what's that process like when when someone puts in a claim? Yeah, I mean, that's quite an interesting one. There's, there's definitely quite a difference between a theft and, and if you had a fire where you lost everything. If you had a fire where you, where you lost absolutely everything, you know, you will get paid out the, the value that you insured your house for. If, for example, you state that in that fire you had a uh, baby grand worth a million rand, they will ask you for, for some form of proof of ownership of that. But if there was nothing specific, normally that process is, is fairly clear-cut. On a theft case where one or two items get stolen, um, especially if it's in the beginning of your policy, etc., they will ask you for proof of ownership in some instances, but also not always. The best thing that I always tell people to do and that we actually also encourage people to do on our app is to take a couple of pictures of, of each one of your rooms, right? Just take a picture so that you can see, okay, there was a TV, there was a... You don't even have to be as specific so that you can see the make and model or anything mm. like that. So if you don't have the invoices anymore, because a lot of us, again, if you're like me, you don't keep the invoice. Five years later, I don't have invoices for these things anymore. Then the best way to to um, have proof of ownership is to have some pictures of the stuff in your house. To say, listen, here it was. Here it is. Cool. I think you actually read my mind because I was going to ask about <laughs> whether a photo is sufficient because... Yes, if I look around my place, I don't have receipts for, for anything. I mean, especially the things I bought years ago. Yeah, I think there's also differences here, Brendan. So say, for example, on certain things, but and these are also things that are normally not part of your normal home contents. These are things that you normally have to specifically specify. So say if you're, you have bought a very nice engagement ring for your partner that is worth 80,000 rand, normally you wouldn't just ensure that as part of your normal content because remember your things inside of your house are usually only covered while it's in the house. As soon as you take it out of the house, you need additional coverage for that. And that's normally when you specify things. So for that, um, your insurer will uh, usually at the time when you take out the cover tell you, um, listen, we need you to get us a valuation certificate for that particular piece of jewelry that you're insuring for 80,000 Rand. And then you'll know, and either you'll still have the valuation certificate for when you bought it, or then you will go to a jeweler and, and um, get a valuation certificate. So like I said, on things like uh, that you take out and that you wear on your body or that's portable, uh, normally you will get asked for specific proof of ownership on those things. But for your general content, 
inside of your house, like the bed or the or, or the couch or the whatever. A couple of photos is, is, is more than enough. Household content insurance is pretty standard. There are, I would like to say hundreds. I don't really know how many companies there are that offer it. But are the policies all pretty much the same? You know, do they... Do we really need to look out for specific things or if they are different, what should we look out for? The policies are definitely not all the same. And and I would definitely make sure that you that you have a look at your particular wording. One of the things that is really important to look at is things like what is your excess and what, what does excess mean? That is the amount that you have to contribute to each and every claim that you have. So if you have excess of 5,000 rand, whatever claim you have, where, whether it's a theft or, or the house burning down in total, you will have to contribute that amount to the loss. So that comes out of your pocket. So that varies definitely. And it's also an interesting question for people to ask what level is right for me? Because obviously the higher you put your excess, the cheaper your monthly premium will be. But then you need to bear in mind that you might be at a moment's notice have to pull out that excess mm-hmm. out of your out of your spare cash. So it's always a tricky balance. So when you decide on your level of excess, and very often you can negotiate that with your insurer, it's important to think, I might have to be able to lay my hands on this cash at a moment's notice. The other thing that might be very different is how much do they cap the maximum value per item? So um, on some of these policies, they will say, you don't have to specify in your general contents individual items you just say I, I want to insure my contents for 200,000 but there might be a clause that states we won't cover uh, any item that's worth more than 20,000 oh, 20% of that so 20,000 rand unless you tell us about that item so if you have like I said if you have a baby grand if you have a very expensive piece of art um, it's important to look at your policy wording to make sure that there's not a cap like that that's then going to leave you out of pocket when when you actually claim the other thing to be aware of, there are uh, very often uh, certain small little additional add-ons that will vary between the insurers as well. Like, is the contents of your freezer covered if we have load shedding? You know, things like that, like perishables. So there's small little tweaks like that between the different insurers as well. And always uh, check, uh, make sure around any potential waiting periods when you start uh, what is their exact uh, joining fees is also another one that where if you if you take out a new policy, that's not always, in my view, very clearly explained to people that there might be a joining fee, oh. uh, which is an a- additional administration fee. Um, luckily, don't worry, at Naked Brendan, we don't have that because of the technology. There's no admin or joining fees, but at a, lo- a lot of the other players, um, I remember my first time I took out content insurance. That was a surprise even to me. That when I when I had to fork out an extra five hundred for that. Thanks for that. That is very informative and and some good tips there, and definitely worthwhile reading the policy document. And as I said last week to my guest, I don't normally read the whole document, but I do absolutely skim read to find those important little sections of of some of the things you've highlighted because I mean these documents are pretty pretty long and pretty wordy, but they are. They are definitely worth it. And boring, Brendan. You, you forgot boring. <laughs> they are very boring. boring. But yeah, I mean, I guess we have to read them eh, to, to know what we are signing up for. So my nephew was actually staying with me now recently for three weeks. And he, he'd moved up from Durban. He brought a carload of everything 
like all his clothes and computer gear and stuff. And he had it all in the spare room for three weeks while he was just finding a, a place to stay himself. I didn't contact my insurer at all during that time. I didn't increase my household insurance. Should I have? You know, what What would the right thing to, to do have been? Again, this is one um, of those ones like content in the freezer. Hmm. It varies very much from policy to policy. There is usually a limit on what the coverage is for, for things in your house from guests mm -hmm. uh, that you have. And um, there's normally a cap on it. So if he was bringing his whole house <laughs> with him uh, and not just a, a couple of things, my recommendation would always be to rather contact your insurer and check with them what exactly that limit is, both in terms of time limit and quantum, because there's normally a limit in terms of both of those on your on your policy. So I probably should have checked before that, but luckily nothing happened. But then just on the on the flip side, if he, for example, moved into a digs now and he wanted to insure his own stuff that's in his own room and not not the household for the whole house, could he do that and how would that work? You can definitely do that. Some insurers don't like insuring uh, customers that live in digs okay. uh, because of the increased re risk to it. Mm -hmm. So, so obviously he would need to disclose the fact that he's in a digs and then there's no issue with him insuring the stuff that he actually owns. Hmm. There shouldn't be any issue. Sometimes what we also see is, and, and this is one of the parts where I think insurance falls short, especially for, for the younger crowd. And, and this is one of the reasons why we have standalone um, that you can insure a couple of standalone items with naked only, not full contents, because a lot of our staff that works here is actually in their, in, in, in their first time living on their own, they're in their low 20s. And, and when we designed our product, they were like, I want to insure my cell phone, my laptop, and my Xbox um, in my digs, and that's all I want to do. So, so that's why we have a product where actually you can just – Say, I want to insure those three things and not total content. So that that's also an option if you don't mm. want to go for the full full content thing. I think it's very very useful to be able to to insure just single items, as you say, especially for younger mm. folk. I mean, that's I remember Matt yeah. <laughs> growing up when when I was younger. I mean, I really had so few things it wasn't wasn't worth taking out a, a full policy almost. No, exactly. And and most of my most of my furniture I had, I'd borrowed from my parents or my grandma <laughs> or whatever. So I didn't want to insure it. I, I just had a couple of valuable things that, that I needed for my studies. The rest of it, I wasn't too worried about. Yeah, exactly. So what, what tips do you have for us as consumers of insurance? How can we always be as protected as possible so that when we actually claim, we're going to get paid out? I think it is really important that you make sure that you are properly insured in terms of how much you've specified, that you read your policy wording properly, and I think where a lot of people fall short is, is one, they don't specify all this stuff. Two, once they've done it, they are quite lax at regularly updating that value. Um, your insurer will automatically um, update it, or a lot of the insurers will, with some inflationary element. But especially if you're in a phase of life where you are still acquiring a lot of things, it is best to once a year actually again, take a step back and say, well, you know, I acquired all these things this year. How much does that affect how much I should insure my 
my contents for. So actually just going through that little process that I spoke about, just whipping through all your all your rooms again, taking fresh photographs, sending them through, um, and and adding any new things to that number to make sure you keep pace with it. Because um, I remember I I uh, I had a diarized to to do that once a year sure. um, to just make sure. Yeah, and even things like I'm a I love books, so I have lots of books in my house, you know. And every year I used to acquire lots of books and. Even just adjusting your sum insured for that is important. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that valuable information, those tips. That's really useful. And, yeah, thanks for for joining me. And thanks to Naked for being the sponsor of this podcast. I really appreciate it and my listeners appreciate it. Anytime, Brendan. So just as a reminder, this episode and, in fact, the whole season is sponsored by Naked. That's naked.insure.com. And I'm going to put the link down in the description below. So please check them out.